Welcome to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. What is synergy? It's what people create when they come together. The literal definition of synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more substances or entities to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So what does that even mean in a practical sense? Well, there's a popular expression, the total is worth more than the sum of its parts, but that's especially true when it comes to people. Humans become exponentially more powerful when they're united in thought and intention and volition because everything they're thinking and feeling at all times will affect the other person and their energy intensifies personally as well as combined. Now, today we're actually going to talk about a very sensitive issue, pun intended. The show today is going to be about love. Yeah, we've got a lot of opinions about love, a lot of definitions of love, but here's the bottom line. I think English is a really dumb language. (laughs) You know what? We say love for a lot of different things, and there's a lot of different kinds of love. I love my husband in a different way than I love my son. And you know what? I love my um, my father-in-law, okay, in a very different way than I love my husband. Yeah, okay, that's understandable. Now we have to just, okay, you know what? I love tacos. Okay, <laughs> there I said it. How retarded is this, okay? How much can get lost in translation simply because what we're saying can mean so many different things? And our feelings mean so many different things. Yeah, to us and to each other and to the people that we're with, we need to get on the same page. So what I want to talk about today in my show is what is love in different forms, in different ways, and what do we do with it? What does it mean for us? What does it mean for other people? How can we be sure that what we're doing is in fact loving. Is it really loving what we're doing? Are you going to be honest with yourself? Take a look at what you're doing and say, you know what, this may be on paper a loving act, but what are my intentions? Okay, well, you know what, let's, let's just talk about three elements of communication. There's speaking, there's hearing, and there's verifying. When we have an, an issue with someone and we're getting kind of a negative message. How willing are we to verify that what we heard was in fact said because a lot of our thoughts and feelings come from what we do with people, the way we interact. Okay, so now the three different kinds of love that I'm going to be talking about today are agape and philia and eros. Those are all three different words that we say love, yeah, there's different kinds of of love. Eros is erotic love. Philia is affection. And agape is a principled form of behavior, a standard that we hold ourselves to. Well, you know what? Slang is considered an element of modern conversation, so we need to accept and adjust that certain things mean, you know, different things to different people. Well, but... Human behavior 
does not change and our human needs do not change. You know what? We, we all want to be loved in very different ways. And we want to love other people in very different ways. But sometimes when we have confusion about the love that we're talking about, we can get hurt. We don't want to hurt the people that we care very deeply about. But when we get confused, and it's not really anybody's fault because we are making a genuine effort to do something very good, all of these things are equally important. Our agape and our philia and our eros are all extremely important to our happiness and success as people, as human beings. They're all vitally important, but they manifest in different ways. We need them in different amounts, and we need to give them. We need to actually deliver them in different ways to different people in different settings, different contexts. Yeah, okay, you know what? (laughs) This is starting to give me a headache. Well, but think about this. There are principles. There's more joy in giving than there is in receiving, and sometimes that means doing the work to learn how to give in a more healthy way. Yeah, that's a lot of work, but that's about love. Love is unselfish. That's what we're going to talk about now. I'm actually going to use the um, metaphor today of ingredients to make a meal that someone will eat. Now, agape, we're going to talk about that first when we come back, but agape is the actual substance the, the raw material of the food that we would create a meal from. That's our thoughts and our feelings without anybody even around. That's the foundation of what we are going to do because it's going to be the raw material of what we give to someone else when we are being loving. Agape is the content, the quality of our own thoughts and feelings. Now, the philea, I like to um, liken that to the preparation of that good quality substance of love in preparing a meal. How we actually take those ingredients and we invest ourselves, our affections, which are different from the principles of our behavior and our thoughts and feelings, Our emotional affection is what we put into a personal relationship. Now, we are very emotionally vested. Agape is our thoughts. Philea is our feelings. And then, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to talk about eros. That's erotic love. That's sexuality. Okay, that's a condiment. That's something you put on top of a well-prepared, very emotionally beautiful, relationship that comes from healthy, high-quality materials of good thoughts and good feelings before anyone even showed up on the scene, Eros enhances the experience, but it's not to be used as a substitute for a high-quality product, and it's not supposed to bypass the work that goes into a personally affectionate relationship, and it's certainly not supposed to fill your soul with substance 
the way love, agape, actually would. Because if you're using sex to try and satisfy something substantive, a genuine need, a genuine hunger for a high-quality connection with people, you're going to fill up on a whole lot of nothing. It's going to be, well, maybe very stimulating at first, but not very gratifying in the end. And if what you're taking to give to people in your relationships is a low-quality product anyway that comes from negative thoughts and toxic feelings, even when you do share with someone, you're going to be doing them a lot more harm and a lot more damage than good, and it's going to hurt you in the end because your own feelings are going to be affected. Believe it or not, everything that we do with other people, again, in the time of synergy, in the principle of the, the spirit, the human spirit, everything that we do affects other people, and everything that they do and even don't do affects us. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There is no neutral energy in the human spirit. And that means there's power. We all have power to do good or bad. There is no in-between. So when we have power, we have responsibility. We have the ability to do good or bad things to other people. We have a responsibility to do the good things, especially if we know what those good things are, and more importantly, not do the bad things if we know what they are. Responsibility comes with accountability. I was literally talking to a gentleman today in a fast food restaurant. He absolutely refused to acknowledge that people suffer in their life for the decisions that they make. And a lot of times it's because they're ignorant, but you know what? A lot of times it's because they genuinely don't want to know. They would prefer to stay ignorant because that means they're not responsible for the decisions that they make and they're not accountable for the things that they do. So when we come back, we're going to take a very, very close look at, at agape. Before we get to philia, we're going to be looking at the raw material of your thoughts and feelings in a relationship before someone comes onto the scene, that's agape love. I'm Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about love. 
different kinds of love. One word can mean a lot of different things, but we're going to go ahead and break it down into the specifics, the details, not only of thoughts and feelings, but of actions and behaviors that are a reflection and a manifestation of those things. Now, I want to go ahead and let the, the listeners ask me questions as I'm going through this. There are going to be a lot of different things that we go over, and I'm going to try and not go through them too fast. So if you want to go ahead and give me a call, the number to the station here is 888-627-6008. Okay, so now let's just start out with agape and take a step back. I'm going to go ahead and use the illustration, the metaphor of food, okay, preparing a good meal. Agape is a principal love. It's love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, you know what? You can hate your neighbor, really emotionally hate your neighbor. <laughs> okay, well, you can still show them agape. And I know that there are a lot of different religions around the world. Scriptural principles, I think, all embrace the, the concept of unselfishness. And that's one of the key elements of agape love. Like I said, I love my father-in-law in a very agape way. Yeah, nothing else. Now, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and look at a few verses of a really good chapter because it literally just lists, it lists the different features of what love is as a behavior. It's the quality of your thoughts and feelings. Again, that has nothing to do with the other person. Now, it's in 1 Corinthians 13. The first one is love is patient and kind. Okay, that's tough. Now, let's look at the way people act just in general in public. Hmm, driving. Yeah, how about standing in line in a store? <laughs> how about um, someone saying something to you um, while you're standing waiting for some transportation and it kind of rubbed you the wrong way? Okay, agape is patient and kind. That means it's willing to extend the amount of time that it gives something or someone to come to fruition. And it's nice. We don't use the word kind very often simply because it's not part of our lifestyle, right? Kind, kindness. It doesn't even need anything because it's such a rare event. How about just nice? Think about how hard or how easy it is for you to be nice to people and how much it means to them. Just, you know what? Open the door for someone. Let them go first. What's their response? When you are patient, you take a step back, and you're kind enough to say, no, that's okay, go first, with a genuine smile on your face because you're okay letting them go first. You don't have a problem with it. They look at you, and they're grateful, and they're very happy, and they're polite, they're nice, and they're kind back. It is the human nature to reciprocate that positive energy. The second thing I like about this scripture, it does not rejoice over unrighteousness. Now think about that, just as a principle, doing good things. That means when bad things are done, when people say and do and are bad things, it doesn't get happy. Yeah, you don't get excited when bad things happen because bad things hurt people. True love, agape, unselfish love is I'm only going to be happy when good things are done because that's making the world a better place. Unrighteousness is 
sadness. You're not going to get happy when bad things happen because that's not loving. Okay, and the next part is it rejoices with the truth. Now, wait a minute. What does that have to do with being unselfish? Think about this. The truth means you're willing to accept things that might not be pleasant for you. It appreciates the virtue that comes with honesty and says, I appreciate this honesty because now the quality of my life can become better when I have the information that is true and accurate. I can take that information and it has empowered me to become more healthful and more proactive and more mindful and more giving, naturally giving. When you have more information, you can do more and better things. Now, this is one I love. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Well, you know what? That's just naive. Okay, no one can actually do that. That's someone living in a fantasy world, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. Okay, but that's not ignorance or naivete. It is just being optimistic. All of those four things that I just listed, roughly translated, is love is optimistic. It hopes for the best. Now, I love this this <laughs> line from a movie when a doctor said to a mother with a, a daughter dying in the next room, I tell people to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. She said, and they let you get away with that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You absolutely can hope for the best because the thoughts that you have are to say, I acknowledge that something bad could potentially happen, but I'm keeping my focus in a positive light, and I'm going to be proactively positive about what I'm thinking and feeling. Now, look, no one has ever even come on the scene in this particular setting. I'm just keeping my state of mind positive. Okay, well, you know what? Love never fails because, and I've said this many times before as well, good conquers evil. It does, in fact, make sure that the good will beat out the bad. If you are loving and there is someone hateful to you, if you have agape love and there is someone hateful next to you, all of the things that I listed will literally neutralize that negativity of the person or it will repel them away from you. They will be so overwhelmed by the, the good, positive energy of your thoughts and your feelings being healthful it won't want to stay in your, in your area, in your vicinity. It will literally have to move away from you or it will have to adjust and modify and manifest in a positive way in order to stay with you. Okay, you know what? Love isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It doesn't get puffed up. It doesn't behave indecently. Now, this is one. It doesn't look for its own interests. Keep going down the list. Here's one. It doesn't become provoked. Now, wait a minute. What if someone actually does something that is provocational? Okay. What if they do something to start a fight? Think about this as the principle of giving unselfishly, being patient and kind, your ability to not be provoked where other people would. What, think about that hypothetically. 
when you're in a situation where someone really does want their negativity to taint you and corrupt you and turn you toxic in that way, and you say, you know what, it's okay. I don't mind. I'm not going to get upset. What's their response? They almost don't know what to do with it. And, and if they continue to become provocational and confrontational, and you say, it's okay, I'm not going to get upset, and you're not doing it with an attitude, because that you know, when you have that negative attitude, you're making a situation worse. You are being provocational in turn. If you have genuine peace, that is going to either change that person's energy into something positive, or it's going to overwhelm them and push them away from you. Okay, so thinking about the way that you kind of on a daily basis just general carry out tasks in your life, the way you interact with people, how often do you have genuine peace of mind and calmness of heart enough to maintain positive energy in spite of what other people do. Well, okay, now, separate from emotions, this is just about what you have going on inside of you as a source, okay, and then your emotions come in as a, as a manifestation of that. Now, going into the meat, right, the food, because I love to talk about food as a metaphor. My husband's an ESTP, and he's great with food. And now, so are both of my sons. <laughs> I don't know why men always cook better than women. Okay, but I digress. Now, thinking about in a relationship, all of the things that I described, what you think and what you feel before you get emotionally vested in another person is the quality of your meat. What is the difference between high-quality beef and, yeah, the genetically engineered corn-fed stuff. What's the difference? I did not know this until very recently. My son and my husband have told me that people pay hundreds of dollars for a pound of good quality meat because the content of what was fed to the cow is very high-grade. That means there's time and effort, work, investment in this situation, in this animal, in this product to make it a higher quality than what it was without, what it would have been with difference. Now, discipline as a principle, I like to use the example of staying centered, getting yourself into a high quality state of mind that will yield a high quality product of your love, your agape, being something that's worth an amazing amount of money, know that it's worth their time and their energy and their effort and their trust. Staying centered is about knowing what you have going on inside of yourself and being able to say to someone, something, a situation, I need to get myself back into a high-quality state of mind. And believe you me, it's going to be good for both of us when I get back into that state of mind. Experiment. Ask yourself and even try it out this week. When you are in a situation where you're starting to get those very negative feelings and those very destructive thoughts around other people, if you say, you know what, I'm not feeling good, I'm not in a good high-quality state, I'm going to take care of myself, 
when I'm done taking care of myself, I will be exponentially better for you. How many people are going to say no? How many people would say, thank you, take as much time as you want, I'll be here when you come back. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about philia, the really great emotionally affectionate love that we have that makes the quality of our agape exponentially better. I'm Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy on BDS Radio. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. And again, we're going to go ahead and invite any listeners who have questions to call, excuse me, to call the station. The number is 888-627-6008. Now, we just spoke about agape love and what that is. It is the quality of your behavior that comes from high-quality thoughts that create good feelings before any person ever comes in to your heart. There are going to be people in your personal space coming in and out of your life. Your behavior is going to be based on the principles of what you think you should be doing as a person. Now, philia That's a different kind of love. That's the personal affection that we have for the people in our life that are very special to us. That could be family members. That could be friends. It could be someone that we just met that we have sort of a a connection with who becomes our very good, dear personal friend. It's, It's very intimate and it's a very intensely different kind of connection that we feel for people, and it actually makes us vulnerable. We're not vulnerable with agape, but when we have the philia, we then could potentially be rejected by a person, and it would affect us in a very real way. So there's a lot more at risk. There's a lot more involved. Now, thinking about the metaphor that I use for food, if agape was the good quality product of a well-fed animal that yielded amazingly delicious meat. Philea is when we take that good behavior, that those good principles of agape, and we prepare them like a meal in an amazing way. We take the time to actually process um, the preparation. There could be different things like with meat. We could season it. We could tenderize it. We could cook it in many different ways. Even the way we slice a piece of meat. My husband, I hope he doesn't get upset with me for telling the world this. He literally had to cook 
where's the meat? He had to teach me how to cut a piece of meat. I ruined a, a perfectly good meal because, because I cut the meat wrong. I did. And you know what? It does matter because in a relationship, getting to know a person, that's taking the time to say, what are your features? What are your needs? How do you work? What is your shape emotionally and mentally? So now I'm going to take the good love that I have, the good quality discipline principle of generosity and unselfishness, and I'm going to give you my personal factor, my personal element in the way that I give it to you now as a gift. The way that I I prepare it is going to be the time that I put into it, The, the things that I season right? With my personality and my delivery. Well, yeah, that's, that's the way that I'm going to serve it to you. There are a lot of different variables. There's different things that it's relative to when we have experiences in life. Yeah, giving gifts is nice. Spending time with each other is nice. Just listening in a conversation, spending extra time to listen to what someone has said. You've just given them something very, very special. That's your personal attention. That's a huge gift. That is not only the principle of agape, of unselfishness, which is your attention and your focus and your personal interest, but your philia is, and I'm going to do it because I have emotions for you. I'm not doing it for the same reason that I do it with a child on the bus who's, yeah, okay, and that's great and because that's the right thing to do and it's the good thing to do. It might be driving you absolutely crazy, but it's a good thing to do with that child on the bus. Well, no, when it's someone who actually means something to you, you feel totally differently while you're doing it. And that also means that you're running the risk of, yeah, getting hurt. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. It's pretty amazing. And so, unfortunately, what a lot of people have done over the years in an attempt to preserve themselves, they pretend like they don't care. They actually disconnect. They desensitize from those genuine, genuinely human feelings that are absolutely vital to connection on a personal level. That philia, when we're talking about like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, philia is something very different. Now, when we're talking about you're willing to do more things, you're willing to be more things, you're willing to have more things and share more things, that's a greater investment, so there is more to lose. And so sometimes just the fear of rejection could cause problems. And sometimes people end up having problems and conflicts that they weren't prepared to handle because the more vulnerable they become, the more risk they run, the more afraid they become, that's when it's absolutely worth the time and effort. What's the difference between cooking a piece of meat very slowly for hours at a time or turning up the heat and singeing it? The tenderness. When you have the tenderness in a relationship and you're willing to say, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen here. I could have lost the time and the energy and the effort that I put in because in the event that I'm serving this to someone in the form of my generosity and my expression, yeah, they could reject it. That could be devastating to me. But 
the unselfishness of the agape as a foundation for the philia says it's going to be okay. That removes the negative energy because, again, our energy is contagious and our negative energy is going to be absorbed by that other person. It's very important to keep yourself centered and with positive, genuinely clean, positive energy while you are doing philia things. You know what? Conflict is going to arise, especially when people have genuine emotional needs and when they're especially vulnerable with and around to each other. You have to work twice as hard because you're getting exponentially more. You're not getting twice as much with philia. You're getting 10 times more. So again, as I said before, power. That's a lot of power. Power comes with responsibility. If you know that what you're saying and what you're doing is going to intensely affect the emotions of another person, you absolutely have to do the right thing. And again, take the time. (laughs) Really spend the good time that you don't really want to because the ROI, the return on your investment, is going to be great. Now, keep in mind, next segment, we're going to get into the really fun stuff. We're talking about the sexual love. Philea is not sexual. Okay, now when we're talking about attraction, yeah, there's definitely a physical carnal love. That's not philea. Would you want to have sex with a family member? Not if you're not sick. If you do, we need to go ahead and talk about getting you some help. The fact is, the the eros is very different from philea. You can have very generous, very unselfish, very affectionate, very profound and very intense feelings, love, affection for another person and have absolutely no sexuality. That's part of the problem with the society starting in around the 60s with the sexual revolution. Eros got mixed in to the philia and agape almost completely disappeared. As a general rule, it was no longer an expected behavior. People just thought, if I don't want to be nice, I don't have to be nice. And so that principle of kindness and unselfishness disappeared. So people thought, well, I have emotional feelings for someone. Let's go ahead and have sex. Okay. Well, unfortunately then, sex happened first and philia started to not really develop the way that it used to. Well, we really do have to stop and do an inventory. How much of what we expect out of a relationship is unselfish? How much of it is about doing the work before we expect any kind of reward and sometimes not even getting a reward? Okay, without sexual contact. Wow. Can men and women be friends? Well, not in this day and age. Well, yeah, they can if they keep Eros out of the equation. They can be very, very good friends and have great philia for each other without sex. Okay. So think about this while we're we're taking another quick break. How much of your relationships with the opposite sex has, just even as a little in the background noise, there's the potential for sex, 
Only you know the answer to that because you know what you're thinking and feeling. When we come back, we're going to talk about sexual love, the Eros love, in greater detail. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about love. Love is absolutely vital to healthy relationships, but there are different kinds of love. First, we talked about agape. That's the principle of being unselfish. That is, love is the quality of our thoughts and feelings before anybody comes into our world. Philea is a brotherly affectionate connection, personal relationship, love that we feel when we bond with other people in our lives, family relationships, friendships. Those are philia, loving feelings that we feel for another person. And I left the arrows for the last because we've got so much to say about this. I have so much to go into detail and explain and kind of dissect and maybe make a few corrections about what people say and what they do and what Eros truly is. That's the physical, sexual love that we feel in an intimate way with a partner, a romantic partner. Okay, so I was using the example of food. Agape is the quality of the product of our thoughts and feelings that we bring into a relationship. Philea is the way we prepare and deliver those thoughts and feelings to people. It's about time. It's about patience. It's about vulnerability. We have a whole lot more involved personally in what we're doing because it is, in fact, a personal connection. Eros is about a sexuality, the emotional part of a physical experience. Humans are very sexual creatures. We have five different senses. We have our tactile, which is our touch. We have our oral, which is our mouth. Olfactory, which is our nose. Auditory, which is our ears. And visual, okay? We have eyes that are constantly being stimulated. Different parts of our brain have different um, opportunities to create different kinds of stimulation. When we have a principled love of unselfishness, and then we have the emotional investment of connection and bonding and affection, the physicality of sexuality takes something that's already extremely passionate, emotionally intense, and 
turns it carnal. That means every single thing, every single fiber of our being has now become involved. And we have a beautiful thing called orgasm that is very physical. Yes, but it's also mental and it's also emotional. What kind of experience do we have with that orgasm? Unfortunately, in the sexual revolution, people got the reverse, reverse formula. They said, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have a very sexual stimulation. Then we're going to decide if maybe we have feelings for each other. You know, and then we'll decide if we want to go ahead and have the commitment of the discipline doing the work to have a relationship. The commitment, okay, you know what it's supposed to be? I'm committed to doing unselfish things in a very principled way, having high standards for my own behavior. That's going to create feelings, emotional feelings for me when I'm with people. And then I'm going to have one special person that's going to get the tip of the iceberg love, that physical love. I liken it to condiments, seasonings, spices. Yeah, if you have a really good cut of meat and you prepare it in an amazingly delicious way with time and effort and attention and focus, and then you put the just the right kind of sauce on it, wow, that can completely change a piece of meat that, you know, okay, it, it, it's a piece of meat. You can put all kinds of different seasonings, all kinds of different sauces and prepare condiments. You can do all kinds of, and turn it into so many different things. But let me ask you this. If you really like a, a food that you've eaten in a restaurant with an excellent meal and you say, I'm going to go ahead and, and reproduce that experience, I'm going to take the condiment and I'm going to drink the condiment and the sauce right out of the jar, right out of the bottle, whatever it, it came in. But then where's the food? There's no food. You have to have the actual substance, the real material that is going to provide fulfillment and satisfaction of something real. And it has to be prepared in the right way. When a high-quality product is prepared in a beautiful way and it has that individual creativity of sexuality, then it's a, a priceless experience. But it's a very special experience, and it should not be a, a constantly with everybody at all times situation in your life because the more you, the more excessively you put a condiment on something, the, the more it actually neutralizes, it neuters, it kills the meal itself. There is a balance. And there is a discretion that you can use. But then let me ask you this. Now, I, I love this too about my husband. Lime and salsa on everything. When we first got married, it made me crazy. He would literally put lime and salsa on everything. And his reason, it enhances the flavor. <laughs> and I said, okay, honey, it's tuna casserole. Okay. <laughs> and he said, that's okay. The, the lime and salsa. And he had a very special kind of salsa that I'm not going to promote on my show right now. It, it just, it made me absolutely nuts. But when you add that flavor, when you add that personality, that seasoning, that 
spice to it. Yeah, it does take something that's really good and make it better, especially if that's what you like. And it is okay to have that. But again, caveat, it needs to just be with the right person in the right way at the right time. We really do need to be careful with our sexuality because what it is, is it's very stimulating physically. It's very motivational emotionally. And it's very potentially overpowering to us mentally. Yeah, we're very vulnerable once we have that orgasm because it's getting our physical and our mental and emotional involved. Now, some people say they can they can go ahead and hit their peak without the physical, well, obviously physically, okay, without being emotionally invested, without being mentally engaged in what they're doing. Okay, yeah, you know what? You've just removed a big part of your humanity. You cannot be sexual in a healthy way without having the agape and the philia and the eros. But what that means is since you are more vulnerable, that means you're more um, at risk to do stupid things. You can get hurt a whole lot easier. You can be motivated, manipulated, and abused in ways because now your entire body has become a part, a participant in that experience and that love. It's just as important for men as it is for women. They get just as emotionally vested in the physical experience when they have that climax and they do release that oxytocin, that um, serotonin, the testosterone, all of those things, it literally has now become your entire soul. The soul is made up of the mind and the body and the heart and the spirit. Sexuality and the sexual experience embraces the mind and the heart and the body and the spirit in ways that agape and philia do not. Okay, so when you're talking about trying to have um, some kind of sexuality with someone in order to create the substance of a relationship, you're going to be very frustrated because you're going to fail. The condiments of a really good sexual relationship do not make up for the lack of quality product of positive and healthy thoughts and feelings and actions. You know, I think about a line from a movie She's this lady's talking to her friend and she said, you know, usually you, you know, you can tell just by maybe the books they read or the, the tie they wear, or the way they do something with their clothes. And, and she said, what, what do you know? And she said, what will end it? So you file it away and you just wait for it to happen. Do you know how many people stay in relationships just because they want sex? When they know there's no philia, there's no emotional investment or there's no agape, there really is no kindness in their behavior. All they're continuing to do is drink a condiment out of the bottle and they wonder why they're not satisfied and why they're not fulfilled because it's selfish, okay? Testosterone is incredibly powerful. Oxytocin is highly addictive. Now, there's an expression that I know some people really don't like men only have enough blood for one head at a time because, yes, when a man is engaged in that act, 
It's very, very powerful. Reproduction is vital to life, so nature or God, whichever you believe, has made it that powerful, that potent, to make sure that the act of reproducing life is complete. That means your mind and your heart and your body are all involved. What's, what's touch? How much does touch actually stimulate your heart and your mind? Your skin is the largest organ of your body. So when you touch someone, especially with the emotional, right, intention of creating stimulation for someone, you are playing with fire because you are messing with their heart and their mind and their body. And that means that you can do a whole lot of damage to them because it makes them vulnerable and unable to do the things that they would otherwise be able to do. That's not funny. That's not a game. And it's very important to remember that when you are messing with someone on that level, you're being very, very unloving. And I, I actually was watching a show this week. I wanted to, to make a reference to this because it was really bothering me when a woman was basically saying she was raped. Well, okay, but she was in a suggestive position. She was doing flirtatious things. She even kissed him. She actually said, and I quote, you think that just because I kissed him meant I wanted to have sex with him? Oh, my God. I cannot believe she said that. What in the world are you expecting to happen to his body? When you do that, when you proactively, knowingly stimulate the most powerful thing that a human being can experience, and, yes, men do get very emotionally involved. They do become very mentally engaged in what they're doing because their body has completely taken over and said, okay, I'm, I'm getting this to the very end of the, the process. I'm making this happen. You cannot undermine him like that by making him think that he's going to go ahead and, and be expected to perform this task and then say, well, I've changed my mind. That's not fair. And the sexual harassment sort of movement that just exploded very recently in, in American history completely undermined relationships between men and women who would otherwise be very good friends. They do not now know what is appropriate behavior and what is not. I walk down the street all the time and men are constantly asking me if I want to do things with them in a physical way and I say absolutely not. Not only because am I married to a man that I love, but I have discipline and I have principles. If you want to have a social relationship with me, that's absolutely possible. There are many men in my life that I feel amazing philea for. We will never have anything physical or sexual in any way because that is unloving. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 5.19. A woman's breasts can intoxicate a man. That's that's pretty powerful. Drunk? Yeah. A woman has a lot of power. And it's very important to remember that with power, ladies, come responsibility. Do you know the power that you have over a man? When he has fallen in love with you in a carnal way, you own him. And the same is true with men. If we're stopping and really taking a look at what we do, and what our intentions are, 
when we're doing it, we need to remember the three different kinds of love. If you want a good, healthy, romantic relationship, it has to have all three kinds, the agape, the philia, and the eros. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and summarize all of these things, and I'm going to make a proposal to my listeners this week, sort of an experiment. Before we get into the next topic next week, which everybody's going to love, I'm going to go ahead and let you just reflect on what we've been, what we've been covering today. When we come back, we're going to talk about what, what our next week's show is going to be about. But take some time. Think about yourself and be honest with yourself. This is The Power of Synergy, and I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Synergy is what we create when we're with people. Humans are powerful beings when they're alone, and our capacity is infinite for the simple reason that we are souls. The things that the human soul can do are even more powerful when it comes together with another soul. Power comes with responsibility. Now, what we're talking today about is love. Love is very powerful, and it's a huge responsibility. Think about what you do in your life in an agape way. How much is philia a part of your life, and how much do you really pursue arrows in an attempt to substitute it for agape and philia? Next week, the show is going to be about sex. I didn't say anything very graphic or very specific about sexuality and sexual acts because that really is an entire show in and of itself. <laughs> we have to make sure that understanding what about sex is physical, what's emotional, and what's mental. They're all very different things, and they're all indelibly intertwined. For our listeners who want to reach out and ask a question you'd like me to answer during a show, you can go ahead and email me at the powerofsynergy.bbsradio at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy. <laughs> 